Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. This is a 5th edition D&D campaign, an intrigue plot, and high roleplay story. Feel free to tell your friends about us. You can also help us out by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or maybe wherever you got this. Our last episode was all fighting and me describing things. If you skipped that, well, that's okay. Here comes the recap. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes had a massive endurance battle inside a graveyard against animated plant creatures. There's an unnatural blight, which is probably what you're looking at, which is created when plants are essentially watered with the blood of vampires. Mm -hmm. <laughs> While our heroes battled plants in the thorns overrun graveyard, a creature attempted to aid them from the nearby mausoleum. You hear from the mausoleum, quick, this way, I can defend you. Silpha's fairy fiancé and their bounty hunter partner emerged from the thorns dramatically and came to the party's aid. From down the path of ash that you previously burnt, you see the black tentacled panthers of Ielamis and Azio spill out into the 15-foot path and start charging toward your group of people. And then you see Azio and Ielamis pretty far away with longbows step out and take aim. Can we tell whether they're aiming at us or at the plants? Nope. Oh, shit. Muriel, the thorns cutting golem with fire and ice cannon arms, cut a swath of thorns to the mausoleum and the party all ran inside. You are in sort of a long-ish hallway with eight stone sarcophagi in, in rows, two along with a path down the middle of them. Standing between the first two sarcophagists is a pale man in tattered clothes with a knife stabbed through his chest. His shirt is covered in blood, and he is missing both arms. My name is Sir Guire. Guire Mason. At your service. Guire the Squire. Jalen's jaw drops. Let's get started. I <laughs> said... I haven't been a squire in a few decades, ma'am. <laughs> We're all big fans of your book. <laughs> oh, you've read my book! Can we get an autograph? Oh, I guess not. Oh. Sadly, no, but there is a way you could help me with this. Actually, if someone could give me a hand and just pull this knife out of my chest, I can't really grab it myself. Who put it there? <sighs> someone came by early this morning and stabbed me in the chest. I'm going to... Jail's going to frenemic. Wait. I'm going to surround myself with the wolves, take a step forward, and glance at Jalen and say, well, we know who that was. Yeah? Yeah. So I'm going to grab hold of that dagger and jerk it out of his chest. He says, oh, thank you so much. The blood does not flow correctly. So he's uh, the, the person that attacked you. And I describe I'm about yay high, kind of cat-like. You know, he didn't seem cat-like. He was pretty well covered up to me, but I guess you could call some of his moves cat-like. Yes, he walked in, he said hello, I said hello, I was so happy to see him, he stabbed me in the chest, I pretended to be dead, and he left. Jalen will hold her hand out for the knife that Sable pulled out. I pass it over. Is it one of Kylan's? It is absolutely 100% Kylan's, one of Kylan's knives. You were there when he bought it. She'll clean it and put it away. You're undead, then. I prefer the term livingly challenged. Undead has such a negative connotation, and I am a very civilized undead, if you will. Uh, anyway, it's been so long since I've had guests. Glindy's the only one who ever stops by these days. Please, please, I, I would pour tea, but I have no tea, and of course, 
I can't pour it, but... Please, sit, sit. Don't mind the bloody shirt. It's the only shirt I have. No, no one has a change of clothes, by chance. Uh, you wouldn't be able to put it on. No, no, but I certainly would look less shabby. Looking at his clothes, he appears to have been lightly decaying in these for many decades. And then, of course, they are definitely ruined by the fact that the sleeves are cut off on both sides of his sort of jacket and shirt, and his shirt is covered in blood. Does the arm loss look recent or very old? No. Okay. No, the arm loss looks old. Like, the shirt was bloodied when he lost the arms, and that blood is long since dried and is part of the shirt at this point. So please, tell me the gossip of the kingdom. Well, the the most recent thing we had heard about you was that you were dispatched by a sword of wounding. A terrible weapon. Ah, yes. Well, that was uh, a bit embarrassing. <laughs> Stabbed by my own sword in a little bit of a bar brawl. Yes, it's actually right over there. And he nods with his head to a spot in the corner where you see like a little makeshift backpack bedroll kind of thing. If you'd like to see this great relic of my time as a knight, that's Sir Guire's Sword of Wounding. Guire's Thorn, they called it. Jalen rolls her eyes. Yes, well, it was very fancy at its time. Silpha will explain it in a way that probably impresses at least Jessica. Oh, a, a sword of wounding is an awful thing. My understanding is if you are injured by such a sword, the wound does not heal. Yes, well, that is pretty much what happens. They drained me of blood before I could die from the wound, and of course that is why I am standing here today. They saved me by killing me. You didn't answer my question. What was your question? I'm sorry. Why are you helping us? Shouldn't you be trying to eat us? Do you want to be eaten? Not particularly. Well, then. But I can't imagine that there's a lot of blood here. Ah, <laughs> yes. Well, there's not. That is true. Glindy usually brings me my food, and of course she hasn't been around for a night now, but I'm sure she'll be along shortly. Uh, not, not so much. I'm afraid that maybe the, the person who was responsible for stabbing you in the chest also did something similar with your friend. Glindy's dead. Her hut was burned down. Guire is going to roll a wisdom saving throw to keep his cool. He does. His face goes very slack-jawed. Like a, a normal person might be giving a stern face. All of his muscles relax, and he looks very dead. And he says, well, that was my only friend in the world for several decades. If you uh, find out who did that, I should like to have some words with them. But you're all here now, and you can be my friends. Jalen says nothing. What are Elamis and Azio doing? Staring at this creature with two raised eyebrows apiece. So you're helping us f for company? Yes. Yeah, I, I have been trapped here. You know, if you could get me back to town, I would be eternally grateful. <laughs> Silva's like shaking her head. Alternatively, uh -huh. if you could help me regrow my arms, that would be really beneficial. What will you do once you have them? I imagine I'll start by pouring tea for all my new friends. How did you lose them? Ah, that is the pickle, isn't it? So I tried to open the secret door here, and, well, it didn't go well. So you see, uh, on the edge of each one of these eight sarcophagi, there are two openings, big enough you can slide your arms in and grab the little handles and pull, and of course, if you choose the wrong one, you lose both of your arms. So... I chose the wrong one, and that was 80-some years ago. 
I, I see, and... I can't really get the arms out. They're still in the hole, if you'd like, to investigate. No, I... I see. I go over and start looking in the <laughs> holes. <laughs> yeah, on on the edge of each one, there's a hole. It's about two and a half feet in, and you can kind of, like, if you have a light source, you can see a little handle glinting. There are two that have skeletal arms and bits of cloth in them. Gross. Yes, it was quite gross. I have to say, I was not ready for it myself. And tragically, as I am not a full-blooded vampire, I can't regrow them. Silpha messaged cantrips to probably Jalen, because I think she would assume that Sable, with her knowledge of magic, might have an inkling. He means a more powerful version of what he is. Can I pull one of these skeletal arms out? Do be careful, he says. I'm using the end of my club. I'm not using my hands. So you use the end of your club and kind of like wedge on this arm bone and it pulls on something. Like you can tell the skeletal fingers were still gripping the handle. And when you pull on it, two blades just snap down and anything that was going to be in that hole would have been cut in half. Mm -hmm. That's the wrong one. You're pretty sure that is not the one you want to grab handles in and pull. I surmise that you were trying to get in there because it contains something important. <sighs> well, this is the trouble. Let me tell you a bit of a sad tale. So I was at the side of our King Fenrir the day that the thorns arose and my associates and I were forced to flee the castle uh, as it was overrun by some sort of immortal wolf creatures. <sighs> The king was lost. We have no idea where he went. The wolves were immune to damage from our swords and spears. We sealed the door and fled, and we cut our way through the thorns as best as we could. Many, many people did not make it. They were turned into creatures of some kind, and mostly non-hostile. They sort of disappeared into the thorns. But I emerged with about three others, and we thought we were saved. And then about a day later, a champion of House Mason accused me of abandoning the king, and I took offense, and we, we battled, and he got my sword away from me and stabbed me with it. Tragic, really. Anyway, I was taken to House Mason on my deathbed, and a creature, well, bit me in the neck. And the next night, I could see in the dark and was very hungry and extremely cold. And then they cut their way to here, uh, again losing a great many people, and they turned to mist and went through the walls, and I haven't seen them since. It's been 80 years or so, and I can't get out of here. Can't turn into mist, can't, can't anything. I am, I think, only half, half of whatever they were. Hmm. I think at this point, Silpha's wearing like a, oh shit. <laughs> Do they, do they ever return? No. They have never returned. I still, they went down and they did not come back up. There is something... Well, I, growing up, I knew that there was a deep basement underneath House Mason. And I never really knew what was in it, but I studied labyrinths and mazes and traps and the workings of our family's most dedicated dungeoneering experts. And I imagine that there is... Well, traps and things below us. Uh, those creatures are either dead or stuck like me somewhere else. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think we can 
regrow anything on something undead. Well, actually, there's a trick to that. So I've been mulling this over for some time, and I think the piece that I'm missing, the thing that makes me not all the way a vampire, is the blood of, well, a vampire. So if we could find one of them and just a little taste, I think I could regrow my arms. Mm. You want us to help you become more undead? Well, I can't really think of a way that you could make me less undead. I can. <laughs> I can as well. Okay, I, I'm all ears if you're some mystical, dark, magic genius. What, what do you got up your sleeve? I'll just tilt my head and look at him. You're saying you are not a mystical, dark, magic genius. Genius, yes. <laughs> ah, well, neither am I, which is why I'm here. <laughs> Eolamis will chime in and say, what, what is going on with the creatures outside? I mean, they'll say, I only sort of understand that. So when the little berries fall off the dark tree, they turn into those. And generally that happens around the autumn season, and generally I and Glendia kill them off because they tack anything with warm blood in an area, and frankly, I occasionally need to eat. But this season has been particularly difficult. Uh, Glindy has come by a lot less. I, as you could tell, do not have arms, and Autumn seems to have gone on for eight months now. Jalen will go up to Sable and whisper, what What are you talking about? Well, um, we could kill him. <laughs> we could make him dead. <laughs> she says, I just need to do it with Kylan's knife. Hmm. What we saw and what we fought out there is what things are like when nature is truly twisted and blighted. Mm. I suspect that something terrible has happened to that tree out there that once it was Fae, and now it is not. I'm afraid I don't know anything about Fae, or trees for that matter, but I'll take your word for it. It does seem to be quite dark and dangerous. Glindy and I actually have been tending that tree for some time. Glindy brings me snacks. I give her the blood of the vampire, which, of course, does not age or coagulate or rot. And she uses it as a preservative for her fruits. Oh. I'm told they have mystical curative properties, but whenever I eat one, I get very ill. Sylpha makes eyes towards Sable and Jalen, because we all found this mystical, uncoagulated mm -hmm. blood in those jars, mm. and now we know what we have. But she does not say it aloud. Mm -hmm. We don't have any of that with us, do we? We do not. Okay. I don't know where I put my blood. I that think we blood. stashed him in Sable's bedroom. Like her old bedroom. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> this is a thing you miss you, you misplace all the time. Where did I put my jars of vampire blood? Where are the jars of blood? <laughs> one one of those jars of blood is is stashed like under a floorboard in Sylpha's house. And yeah. the other two are stashed in, in House Verathi in Sable's old room in her hidey spot. Anyway, so those creatures, I thank you for helping me dispatch them. They've gotten so numerous that they are quite difficult to deal with. And again, if you could help me regrow my arms, I would deal with them myself. They don't attack me. My blood is not warm enough, it would seem. Then why can't you leave here? The thorns, dear. The thorns. They'll mutate you? Oh, yes. I mean, it doesn't. I don't stay mutated. By morning, they seem to fall off, but I lose my mind, and that is a thing I cannot stand. Perhaps if we dealt with the tree, you would not have to mind these creatures. Well, I, again, you seem to have a tree expert with you. That would be 
Wonderful. I imagine it's probably an issue below ground, though. Glindy and I have not found anything above ground that explains this. You would have to go down, and I am fully in support of this. By the way, if you do find any treasures, I'm sure I would turn them all over to you. Sweeten the pot, if you will. All I need is just a teensy taste of the blood of the vampire. Uh, well, stronger vampire than me, and I would be delighted to be your friend for uh, all of eternity, frankly. He's a helpful font of knowledge from before the thorns, I say to Jalen and Silpha. And aside from that, he is unnatural. So Elamis will look around the room and say, so we got an emergency request, which is good. Emergency requests pay quite well. That Sable here was in danger and that we were to assist. And so now that you are not in danger, I think we need to get back to our original job. And they look back out to the now quiet Thorn line and think, or maybe we can wait for you. Yeah, that sounds about right. So Jalen says, so anytime Sable is in mortal danger, we can expect a certain call for her protection? That I cannot promise you. There aren't that many mercenaries in the forests after the disastrous assault on House Mason. So sorry. We're all just doing a job. The displaced beast just ran away, right? Uh, yes, they scattered back into the thorns and are waiting a, a good distance away. They'll be fine. They're fey creatures, but they're not smart enough to heed the call, as it were, but we can guide them. How far away is the tree from us? So if you went out, it would be 60 feet through thorns. Well, it's 60 feet. I would have to call, but it could hear me. Yes. She looks at Guire and says, is there a way to the tree under the ground from this mausoleum? He hasn't gone underground. He lost his arms trying. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know the layout of this building at all. But given the size of the layout underneath House Mason, I would be surprised if it didn't go under the tree, frankly. <sighs> if only Glindy were here. She had ways around this. I don't suppose you found a big pair of boots, did you? Jalen shrugs. I do have a small pair of boots. One that fits me. Were they white and glittery? Oh, these! We haven't even had a chance to look at them. And I take out the disco boots. Oh, good, good. Those would be Glindy's platforms of elevation. Up, up, and away is the command word. You just have to put them on and say up, up, and away, and you will be, well, taller. Much, much, much taller. You can walk above the thorns with them, actually. <laughs> Jalen shakes Sable's arm and says, try them on, try them on. In here? Okay. Uh, no, they won't be any helpful in here. Low ceilings and all, but... <laughs> yes, once you get outside, you can use those to walk right over to the tree, pluck the fruit from it, and walk back. And they, you can get yourself just high enough now that needles can't really do anything to you. Oh my god. And they are mystically balanced. Gundy has never fallen, which is very important if you're going to trawl up through the thorns. Platforms of elevation. Oh god, Nate. <laughs> Yes, up, up, and away, and then you just say, let me down, and they will let you down. Wait, wait, how do they let you down? <laughs> like, they lower you down, or they, like, <laughs> they disappoint you? <laughs> disappoint you? <laughs> they start giving you deep, personal, wounding criticism. Sorry, this is a game where the letter of the law comes into play a lot, so <laughs> I have to check. <laughs> They're never going to give you up, even if they let you down. <laughs> so, Silpha will say... I do think that I possess means in which I could 
navigate a space below. I don't relish the idea of going alone, but I could scout it out, I suppose. Now, as much as I love the vigor of your offer of assistance, nothing that has gone through that way has come back either. And I just met you, and to be quite honest, you're my second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh friends. Nearly a century, so I don't want anything bad to happen to you. I would want to know first if whatever is underneath is uh, deliberately tainted, this fey tree, or if this is simply a function of placement. Hmm. Well, I remember this tree was an old willow before the thorns came up, but uh, ever since I have been here, it has been like that. Well, I can ask it. I go to the door and call out in Sylvan, Dark Willow, can you hear me? It takes a long time, and then a slow noise starts, and you recognize it as a scream, and then it is silence. Poor tree, I say. What did it say? It screamed. Nothing more. Oh, shit. So it's like it's tormented and twisted into madness. It is unnatural. Like this one, I say, kind of gesturing towards Guire. I am a gentleman and a scholar. What do you want to do with him? May I offer you a deal? I love deals. I will trade you my sword, Guire's Thorn, a magical weapon of biological destruction. In exchange, if you could just either get me back to town or get me a smidge of the blood of the vampire, just a teensy bit. Could you stop us from taking your sword? Uh, well, that depends. How hard would you like me to try? Where's his sword? So he nodded to it earlier. There's a little pile of stuff over there. And if you look, like your eyes have pretty much adjusted to the dark here. You you can see a scabbard lying with his sort of bedroll and backpack. I walk toward it. The wolves still are, I guess, under command to like defend me. So they'd stay close. This sword? Yes, that would be that would be my sword. Famous Squire's Thorn, a gift from King Fenrir himself. I pick up the scabbard. Cool. It is an old style you haven't seen in a while, but it is really well kept. It looks like someone has managed to pull it out with their teeth and shine it periodically, mm. uh, despite having no arms. I don't see you using it at any point in the near future. No. No, I wouldn't. But the sword is not really... Well, I was never really a swordsman, per se. Um, I was always really more of a, a writer. Won't be doing that much anymore, either. Again, <laughs> if you could just get me a smidge of the blood of the vampire, or actually a scribe. Either way, I could get back to writing. The blood of a scribe? Uh, <laughs> no. Far less helpful. <laughs> Well, because there's Silva right here. <laughs> I really don't think reestablishing the vampire line of your family is a great idea. The greatness of this idea is somewhat irrelevant. I don't have any interest in making more of me. I just would like to not be alone anymore. And some arms would be helpful to entertain the time. How about this as a deal? We'll take the sword with us, because can't really stop us. And you can serve as a source of knowledge of what things were like before the thorns for us. In return, we'll visit and make sure you're fed. 
<sighs> I guess I'm not terribly worse off in that negotiation. Counter-proposal. I'm assuming that anyone caught with that sword in the city of Fenrir probably will still be accosted by House Mason. I'm not sure how much power they've lost in the meantime, but that is clearly their property. So you leave the sword, and I will happily trade you blood of any kind for any knowledge I have. What are you going to do with the sword? Trade it to whoever is going to get me back to the city proper, or just a smidgen dollop of blood from a vampire. Or we could leave you here with the assassin coming for you. I believe he currently believes he's successful, and if he comes back, I will be just as dead as when he left. But it does bring up a good point. Yet another reason why I think I would do much better if I were back on the Mason estate. Ladies, what do you think? Should we drop him at the Mason estate? I think not. No. Well, if we leave him here, he is going to be subject to difficulties. We can end those. Mm -hmm. Indeed you can, miss. If only you would help me open this trap door and then bypass the hallway of death traps. I think you could end all of my many decades of turmoil. I look to Sable and Jalen. I believe I could do that. I think you would be risking your life. Well, I'm not suggesting that I go down in this form. But you won't be able to manipulate anything and... But she could tell us what's down there. I would be able to see what is down there. Does it interest you? I'm curious. It would certainly make getting here easier in the future. Can we do anything to help? But, again, I, I mean, I don't know what these things are. I don't know what they can do to you in a form like that, and I worry about you going on your own. Very much. Fire, how long do you stay lucid without blood? Well, I don't know, honestly. Uh, Glindy has always been able to stop by a few times a week. I have never been hungry, beyond the first night when I woke up. What would she bring you? Ah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Animal blood, shifters that I can sip on a little bit, and then she takes them back and heals them up. You know, whatever's available, frankly. Uh, Fey blood's poison, we found out. Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> out, out of character, I wonder about half Fey blood. <laughs> Sable is like, hmm, you know, opening up a notebook, <laughs> taking a couple of notes, <laughs> tucking it back away. So Jalen cocks her head to the side and says, so you're, you're asking in exchange for blood of any kind, you would give knowledge. Does that mean, are you asking to feed on us? Uh, shoot. I'll be honest, you could bring it in a jar. I don't care. I, there's no joy I get from biting people. Oh. All right, I'll give, I'll give you some of my blood. And she, uh, what does she have to put it in? It has now just hit Sable. What we have in those jars. Because <laughs> <laughs> he said jar of blood. <laughs> so Jalen's gonna take the cap off of her water bottle and she's gonna cut her arm and drip blood into it and hold it to him. You can tell when there's open blood in the air, his eyes go big all of a sudden. The pupils in them dilate until his eyes are almost black. But he stays perfectly controlled. She sees that happen and says, all right, you're going to have to tell me what the fuck that just was. Oh, nothing. Just the smell of a fresh heartbeat always gets me invigorated. All right. There is a sip here. Thank you. No, she hasn't handed it to him yet. <laughs> oh, he actually can't grab it from you. 
Yeah, I know he can't. Yeah. So I'm actually quite good with my toes these days. If you just sit it down, I can feed myself. <laughs> but <laughs> she says, so you'll you get this and you answer whatever Sable asks you. Done. And Jalen looks at Sable. Mm, whatever we all ask, I would think. All right. She puts it out in the middle of the floor and backs away. He quickly slides a boot off and rather impressively picks it up between two toes and sits down on one of the sarcophagi and tips it up to his mouth and pours it in and then goes and slides a boot back on and sort of makes a mm, 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 spicy. Um, interesting. Very spicy. Nah, nah. <laughs> but he doesn't seem to have any adverse effects to half fable. <sighs> It's like, that Bloody Mary was spicy. <laughs> I want to know what happened the day the thorns rose. Ah, that I don't understand myself. So I was with the king. Uh, there was a, a loud commotion. And I went to investigate. And uh, when I turned back around, the throne room was full of wolves. Giant wolves. Not, not like little ones, but like big angry wolves and the king's clothes were in tatters and there was a giant white wolf there and it, it attacked me and i fought with it i happened to be in my armor so it didn't get me but i slammed the kitchen room door closed and shortly thereafter the wolves sort of wandered away and i i slipped out through the manor and found a group that had been gathering at the entrance and our wizard placed a seal and the door was held closed and then we just rolled up our sleeves, and started cutting our way back. Did anyone ever tell you what they thought happened? Uh, not really. I mean, I can tell you it was nighttime. Shortly around midnight was when it all really went to hell. Was it the full moon? No. No, I don't believe so. I think I would have remembered that detail, but no. Well, all I can say is one person did see a bat, a very large bat flying away from the bell tower. At that night or the day? That night. A creature much larger than a typical bat. I don't didn't really think anything of it. Uh, I don't really know how big bats can get, but it was the biggest one I've ever seen. So a white wolf, a gigantic white wolf, was attacking the king, and the throne room was full of wolves. It's hard to explain. The throne room was full of wolves, and a giant white wolf did tear up the clothes, but I swear to you I saw no king. Uh, his body was not there. When was the last you saw the king? Well, I, th I thought I had left him sitting on the throne when I went to investigate the noise in the kitchens. And when I got back, that is that is what was there. We left the castle filled with these demonic wolves and sealed the gate behind us. Of course, there is a way in. And now that I know we're trading blood, if you could leave some overnight... I would happily tell you the other way in. I think we have an idea of another way in. Ah. Don't we, from the book? The book did tell you the exact other uh -huh. way in. I, I don't think we'll be needing that. How often would you be willing to come back, by the way? If Glindy is dead, I am starting to get concerned. Particularly after your line of questioning. Every day or two would be lovely. If you could come back every two or three days... Maybe with some swine blood, that would be delightful. Yeah, well, you see, it's, it's very difficult to get here. That is why I would really like to come back with you. 
You'd have to travel at night, though. But I would be delighted to attend. I would owe you a great deal. I'm, I have no idea what wealth House Mason has any longer, but I could offer you some portion of it. Ladies. Yeah. I want to help this tree. Okay. It is no fault of its own that it is in this predicament. I agree with you. I would I would desire that as well. How can we help? I, I, I think we have to find the source of its corruption if we want to save it. Oh my god, it's like uh, there's an advertisement coming, like a real advertisement thing. But hey, nobody's paying us still, so we didn't sell out. <laughs> Are you interested in running something spooky for your players this season? There's a new Ravenloft campaign on DM's Guild that is a project of our very own Sandra, who helped edit and bring it to life. Dreams of Solitude is a community project campaign book made up of over 30 separate horror adventures designed for characters ranges level 4 to 13. And since they happen to be in your character's dreams, you can deploy them at any moment. Pick it up. You could do it for the spook season or any season, frankly. And, you know, if you're nerds like us, every season is spook season, really. The book's on sale at DM's Guild. Just do a search for Dreams of Solitude or click on the link available in our episode notes. Our episode has links in the notes now. We've made it, everybody. Prime time. It's time for fairy facts. The leprechaun is an Irish fairy, extremely short in stature and always with their tri-cornered hats. Leprechauns can spin on their hats like a top. They carry hammers for working on individual shoes, never, ever a pair of shoes, always an individual shoe, and they stow gold away in the countryside, behind magic doors or buried in difficult places to reach. Leprechauns are known for being mischievous and clever, and can even be a tad benevolent. The trick to dealing with a leprechaun is to listen for its hammering on a shoe. They always do this in bushes or under docks. If you can see the leprechaun before it sees you, you stand a good chance of getting it to tell you where its gold is kept. The creature always has plenty, but it's very likely to try to trick you when you go to claim the gold. The trick to dealing with the leprechauns is to be as hardworking as they are. Always listen for them. Don't be too greedy and generally be as clever as they are, and you're likely to get some gold. Seems reasonable. And, hey, if it doesn't work out, at least you're hardworking. All right, back to the show. So we need to rest. You are perfectly welcome to rest here. Now, it is not the most comfortable, but I can assure you, uh, it only took me a few months to get used to sleeping on stone, and if you're tired enough, it works great. Do you tire? Sort of. I get very sleepy around noon and any time the sun is high up. But it's not really, um, it's different than it used to be. And it's really the the other crypt we came here to investigate. I'm sorry, you came here to investigate the crypt? Is that a problem? No, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. What are you after? We'll know when we find it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see. Well, then, I won't help you until you tell me what you're after. All right, friend huddle. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. Wait with Jessica, too. Probably. What has Jessica been doing this whole time? She's been mostly confused. Why is the dead man with arms talking? <laughs> I think she doesn't know what a vampire is. 
she seems more nervous about Elamis, who is clearly a fairy who can walk through thorns, than she is about the undead creature with no arms. All right, so we'll get into a friend huddle across the room and whisper. And Jalen will say, we can't go anywhere until we chill out and regroup for a bit. I don't like the idea of staying here. We can absolutely burn our way back the way we came, can't we? Yeah, but that won't get you fixing the tree. No, but it will get us back to the other tree, which I promised. Right. So is that what we're going to do? We're just retreat for now and come back tomorrow? We do need to look at the other crypt, at least, and see if we could find what's there, if it hasn't been taken already. I don't want to open that crypt, as we are now. I don't think we should. Mm -mm. Well, I expect that the other crypt would just be a normal crypt and not have a basement to it? That would be a guess. We really have no idea. Well, we have a description of the crypt from Guire's journal. Mm -hmm. We came here to investigate that, and perhaps if we could resolve what's going on with the tree, those blights would cease. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can get down below in the form of a gas. I do not want to bring that creature back into town. I am sure that some of our associates would be delighted uh -huh. to have their lord returned. So, Silpha, you could go down there and look now, is what you're saying. I could. And we could look up here to see if we could find a way to open it without taking our arms off. There might be a hint. Right, but we really should rest before we act on anything. There may be a way to open it up from below. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once I am down there. But you can't do anything in that form, right? I would have to shift back. Both ways are sufficient, I think. I admit that I am averse to yet more death. I mean, I realize he's dead, but he's still talking. Yeah, he doesn't stop talking. Speaking of, he's holding on a conversation with Elamis now, and the two of them are discussing card games and the evolution of playing card games. It would seem the kingdom is playing the same exact versions of the card games that Guire is aware of. Mm. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Silpha, why don't you check out below? Don't do anything. Just see what's down there and come back. And we'll look around up here and see if we can figure out what's going on up here. But first, Jessica. Jessica, come here. Jessica, we'll come over to you. I'm going to cast a third level Cure Light Wounds on her. All right. Yeah. Is it wisdom modifier three times, or is it just once? No, just once. So that's 22 points for her. Uh, she is almost all cured. I think Jessica says, whoa, thanks, buddy, and <laughs> gives you like a way too hard shoulder punch. Ow, ow, ow. I haven't healed myself yet. Oh, sorry. Jessica, sorry. take it easy. What? It's just... Sorry. But now I'm going to do me. And then I rolled a one. Okay, eight. So I get 20 points back as well. And that is it. I am fully out of spells. At some point this evening, we, I would like to return, as promised. Elamis has produced a deck of cards, and now is Guire's best friend in the universe. That's great. Elamis has to handle the cards for him. Ozio is standing there looking bewildered and irritated. In the meantime, Nate, as we're talking, I'm looking around just to see if there are any hints in this room about like where you might try to open up the right one. Roll investigate. Investigate. <laughs> Boo! No! Did you roll a one? 
I did. Oh. You figured it out. <laughs> if you put your hands in, they get cut off. You might want to have someone double check your work, but you have chosen okay. one that you think is promising because there's no blood stains around the circle. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense. I just got a 21. Okay, Jalen, you figure out that the reason why Guire lost both arms is the correct one changes. Ah, okay. Every time you pull, it changes which one successfully is the release lever. So you know that Guire pulled on that one when it was not the right one. And you know that when Sable pulled the arms out, it pulled on it again. And so it has changed. And so it's probably two to the right. She can tell that it's two to the right. You think it's two to the right. You also think if Sable pulls the one that she is standing on, she will lose both arms. She is going to stop Sable. I'm not, I'm not trying to do it. <laughs> okay. And she's going to point out what she's seeing. She goes, okay, the trigger changes. Guire pulled it once and lost his arm. You pulled out his arms and that changed it again. And so I think it's this one. Well, we could try it, but, you know, my recommendation would be go out and get a few sticks. Good call. Well, but if you pull the... You have to engage it with the sticks, because if you stick the sticks in there and trigger That's it, right. then it changes. But we've got two of us, right? You try one. I try one. We both pull, because it takes two. Okay. Is that right? It takes two? You have to have one arm in each one? Yep. You gotta pull two levers at the same time. So we just need hooky we sticks. Need hooky sticks to pull <laughs> these levers. Need to play hooky sticks. I was going to propose going through in the form of a vapor. You could do that as well. To investigate ahead. Like go into the sarcophagus and, and make sure it's the right one? I don't know how you can tell if it's the right one. Plus it will be very dark. It shouldn't matter. To me at least. Anyway, doing it on both sides wouldn't hurt if we've got hooky sticks. So we're turning this sarcophagus into like a foosball table. <laughs> so when you when you get up to the vines you realize no one in this group but you is going to get a hooky stick. Right, because they're covered in thorns. Okay, I need Sable to do something that is going to get you into the thorns without being attacked by needle blights. So stealth would be appropriate. The boots! You could step out and use the boots. Up, up, away. And then I could bend down, right? You just get away from the needle blight portion and find them in a safer spot. <laughs> well, sure, that'll work. Okay. Give us a chance to test those, too. I go, okay, let's give this a shot. All right. You put on some... <laughs> Glittery-ass boots. Glittery disco stomping boots with massive platforms. It's super awkward to walk in. You stick your head out the door and you say... Up, up, and away. And you slide about 10 feet into what? the air. <laughs> and it's true. They are, like, weirdly perfectly balanced. You cannot be knocked prone while on these boots. You are 10 feet in the air when you hear Guire say, Do it again, you'll be higher! Uh, up, up and away. You go up to 20. Now, one more time! Up, up and away! And you are now 30 feet. You're on 30 foot stilts. Holy shit. Hello? Can you still hear me down there? Yeah. I can, and the good news is I don't think they can hit you from that height. Great. I'm looking for things that I can use to hook. So at 30 feet in the air, you can walk over to goddamn tree branches... You can find all kinds of stuff. The things that are most likely to be stiff enough are some kind of like braided brambles, basically. So you can walk out of the part where there are twig blights, the corrupted bit. You arrive outside of this spot that is dangerous, shrink back down, 
cut some thorn vines, find some that are wrapped up in the right shape, and braid them. Yeah. You can up up your unaway yourself back. And then let me down. Yeah. And she gets back and she goes, "That's the raddest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> so you stick them in and pull them. Are you gonna try to vapor down first? Yeah, I think it's definitely a good idea to, if we can, since we can, for Silpha to go check it out before we pull the trigger. Yep. Silpha is trepidatious about this, but she takes a deep breath, casts the gaseous form spell, and then moves cloud-like into the sarcophagus. So you turn into a gas cloud and drift into the sarcophagus. There is a downward tube that you can follow that takes you down a level. The tubes all turn and head towards kind of a central location, and then they are cut off. Something has sealed them. There's like a stone on stone that you just cannot get through. So you're guessing whatever went down in gaseous form is trapped down there, and you're not going to be able to come down after them. Does it look like there would be any mechanism for moving that stone? Not in the little tubes that you're in. So you imagine that this is designed so that a vampire creature capable of turning into mist at will would have to go somewhere into a full-size human place, become a human, manipulate some switches, turn back into a gas. You are blocked from getting to wherever that place is. Okay. The trap works both ways. Mm. Got it. And it is tripped. So something's trapped down there. Yeah. If we click it and open this, is it going to open the trap? Unclear. Okay. Give it a shot. When the DM dares you to do something. <laughs> I would. I'd give it a shot. But, but well, we're going to wait for Silpha to come back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Silpha will come back up and report. I imagine that if creatures who were capable of traveling in the same form traveled the same path, they are now trapped below. And I think that if we were to release any part of this trap, it might risk releasing them. All right. So Jalen's going to look at Silpha and say, do we know how to kill vampires? Religion, you said, Nate? Yep. Religion is the appropriate role. Oh, I got a 17 plus int. It is a 21. Well, they're kind of legendary monsters, but I've read quite a bit of legends about them. Generally speaking, a wooden stake to the heart can put them to sleep. Holy water injures them. You know, like the stuff they use in the church. Silver injures them. The best way to kill them is to cut off their head. We don't have to make a decision about him tonight. We could look around, um, go back to the grove. I was more thinking about you, Sable, wanting to help the tree... Oh, I do. If that's what we're going to be dealing with down below... Then we should come back with the right materials. Agreed. Yes, I think it would be risky to open up the seal that's keeping whatever's down there down there. I mean, perhaps what's down there is inert, sleeping, but it hasn't fed in quite a while. Agreed. I, I think it better that we return when we are prepared. Uh, I am ill-prepared at the moment. Well, I mean, there's still more of those things outside, so we're going to have to fight our way out of here just as well as we fought our way in. There's also that other crypt. It's the other crypt that was mentioned in the book, and therefore I thought it was the other crypt that was our primary interest in this 
expedition here today. So Nate, on a layout scheme, if we go out to look at the other crypt, we are still going to have to fight our way through all the blights that are still out there, right? Yep, so you will go out into the poison sickened thorns, left around the building, and back about 80 feet. Can we do anything about that before we go outside? I guess we could ask Muriel to mop up for us, but she may or may not do it. We could remain here and ask her to clear a path to the next crypt while we wait. I like that. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I can stand on the entry. I think it's worth a shot if we don't have to take any more hits trying to get through that shit. We should decide what we want to do after. I recommend returning to the grove. It would be safer to rest there, I think. I don't think we can get back to the estate tonight, but we could sleep in the grove. We need to decide what to do with... She jerks her head towards Guire, too. <laughs> Why don't we investigate the other crypt and discuss our thoughts around the matter at that time? I give a nod. Okay, well, should we ask Muriel to make a path? Sylpha will step up to the door where we've parked Muriel. And, Muriel, we want to investigate the other crypt. Do you think we could clear a path that way? Absolutely. Just give me a few minutes. And Muriel turns and the wrecking ball of destruction. Loud swaths of flame and slashes and huge chunks of footsteps fall as you wait for a bit. You can tell as she moves around, like, dust sort of falls from the ceiling inside. You know, Muriel is loud and pretty destructive. After about ten minutes, Muriel has come back, and you hear from the doorway, All clear! Huh, well, that's easier than the way in here, wasn't it? Great. Um, E.L.M.E.S. would you mind staying here with Guire, keeping him company for... A little bit while we take a look at the other crypt. Elamis gives you a look that's kind of hard to read. He looks back at Guire and says, What do you think about more cards? And Guire says, Oh, I could read to you some of my writing. And Elamis looks back at you with, like, <laughs> terror in his eyes. <laughs> and Ozio says, Yeah, we got him. <laughs> okay. All right. So I guess we'll head out and go to the crypt, the other crypt. All right. You have. Basically, one round where you are in the open if you run. Do you do anything special other than run? I'm running. I will run. Uh, I think running is the way to go. Woohoo! <laughs> She's going to make sure Jessica doesn't fall behind. Don't stop and fight. You run 60 feet, uh, which takes you out around the corner, most of the way past this crypt. And you can see the crypt right there when a volley of needles comes flying out of the thorns as six little needle creatures step into the pathway behind you, essentially giving chase. And I need my, my needle blights, which hopefully are under N. Beholder. Yeah, I'll just use those. That's fine, right? Yeah, that's the same. Yeah, totes. Totes same. Disintegration rays all around. All right. <laughs> Needles spray at Sable and Miss. Needles spray at Silpha, 21 to hit. Definitely. Needles spray at Jalen and Miss. Needles spray at Jessica and Miss. Needles spray at Sable and Miss. <laughs> Silpha get pegged oh, twice. God. Uh, ow, ow. It's fair. The last fight after I landed on a, a roof, I was fine. Jalen and Jessica were bringing up the rear. 
Yeah. And I think Jalen's going to sort of sort of scoop Silpha. Silpha, you get pegged by two needles that both of them sort of jab in your in your shoulder. You take 10 points of poison damage. And then all of you are inside this crypt. You guess Muriel had opened the door for you because they were closed earlier and they're open now. That was nice of her. There was something in chalk on the doors, wasn't there? It had some kind of large white rune across the doors, which was maybe some kind of protection or blessing. Had, you say? Well, somebody opened the door. If it was a containment thing, it ain't contained anymore. So you are inside. Question: Do you close the door behind I, you? I feel like the uh, the the chalk at the door wasn't desc- was described to us last time, certainly, but it wasn't described to us this time, and could have influenced somebody's decision to like charge through the door. If you would like to roll me knowledge religion, you can have a sense of what that chalk marking meant. Twenty. So that was a blessing against evil, and it wards off evil things. You know when the doors are open that, that the circle that is formed by that chalk is broken, and when they're closed, the circle is back. Whether or not there's magic in it and it's actively working is another question entirely. I'm closing the door then, once we're all in. Okay. Just in case the Blights decide that they want to try to come through. When you close the door, you are plunged into darkness, but the Blights do not appear to approach the door itself. Silpha removes her lantern. Yay! I think Jalen turns Silpha around and starts pulling needles out of her shoulder. Ow, ow. Don't be such a baby. (laughs) So now we are in this room. Sable has completely forgotten what it is we're meant to be looking for here. And maybe our listeners have as well. We know that we know the king's the king's son was buried here, right? You know the king's son was buried here. They had a, a a child that didn't make it past toddlerhood. You know that the king spent a lot of time here. You know that this is one of the locations within the Thorns that would survive being run over by Thorns for 80 years. And you are here on for two reasons. One, broadly, you are looking for some kind of leverage against the Fairy Queen, some kind of intel in the Thorns. And two, Kylan was here, and you were hoping to figure out what information you could before he killed it. We were aware of the existence of keys, and we knew that Glindy had one in the form of a crown that she had previously passed on to Riley, and we have another key in the form of an eye that we found in Lord Mentor's vault. So there's a there's a chance there might be a key here if Kylan hasn't already taken it. And perhaps other information. And the book had mentioned, had described all of these keys, as well as all of these locations. So it seems like a good guess that if we were looking for keys, these might be locations at which they could be found. The inside of this key, actually the crypt, is instead of being a long level hallway like the other one with sarcophagi running down it, this one is sort of a set of large stairs that go down. Each stair is large enough that there's sort of like space for a life-size statue uh, on the left and the right, and you are sort of descending through the kings of Fenrir, of which there are a thousand years of kings, probably almost a hundred statues running down the length of these steps. So it's, you go down kind of 50 stairs, passing statue after statue after statue, and then you get to the part where they actually bury people, which really isn't all that impressive. It's sort of a 
a catacomb-like space with cubbies all along the walls. And it's large, and it goes back a little ways into the dark. But there's a few plaques that are essentially put over the holes where they would shove bones into that run around the room. And then there's a few sort of memorials set up in the center of the room that you guess don't aren't designed to be there forever. There's one that is clearly the only one people were actually paying any attention to back in the time before the thorns, because all around it are the remnants of leaves and flowers and things. So it, you're guessing that 80 years ago, this was constantly covered in, in offerings. Amongst the now worn detritus is a single stone dreidel. And Jalen says, well, 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 and she'll go and pick it up. Do you, do you think that's what we're looking for? Well, it's one of the keys that's described in the book. It does match the description of one of the keys. When Jalen removes the top from this, clearly a pile of offerings, Silpha will, will say, if we take something, though, I think it's only right that we replace it with something else and should just take out like a tiny spell component candle and and put it there as an offering. Hmm. Aww. Aww. Are we looking for anything else here? I mean, it's worth looking around while we're here. So Jalen's going to look at the cubbies. Is there like an obvious sequence, like old to new? So you can look around. Give me an investigation. I roll. just rolled investigation and I got a 24. And I got a 22. Okay. As you move around, there is a thing inlaid in the floor that looks very much like the chalk outline that is inlaid on the outer door. It's not like anything was painted there. It's just a, a divot in the floor that matches that, that sign. And as you move around it, it's kind of clockwise, old to new. But this tomb is mostly full, and it occurs to you that there has to be an expansion somewhere. And then Sable with 24 you find one big flagstone on the floor, one big stone on the floor that is larger than all the other ones in a way that makes you think that if you can figure out how to open that, there is probably more below this. It's like a pressure point or something. I, I will call the thief's attention to this. <laughs> uh, the thief is going to check for traps. <laughs> what, do, what do you make of this? I think there might be more to this place, and that would be the sort of thing to look for at a trip it, you know, a la House Mason. Well, before I put any pressure on it, I thought I might ask you your thoughts. I'm gonna make sure it's not rigged with a trap first. That would be smart. I'm, I'm sorry, it's been a long time since I've done this. Is this Thieves' Tools or Investigation? Investigation would tell you more about it. Thieves' Tools would get it open without well, losing a finger. Get it open. Choose. Just get it open? Okay. If you don't think it's trapped. Uh, 18. 18, forget it open. Uh, so you search around and you're pretty sure that one of these gravestones that covers a space where bones is must be a, a kind of pull away secret lever. And you, you guess that it was probably been here since this place was built. And so it's probably in the oldest ones on the left. Okay. And so you can kind of poke through those until you find one. When you go to open it, a needle sort of a set of needles sort of jut out mm -hmm. around the outside and your finger gets poked but it has been 80 years and no one has refreshed that poison so you are so she just goes ow damn it yeah you get like a splinter basically um in your finger but it swings open and there's there's a lever there okay she looks up and says do i pull it yeah we've come this far 
All right, everyone be ready with whatever you got. There is a pop noise and a hiss noise, and the air in the room gets this noticeable scent change that uh, it's really hard to place, but it's the most dusty, stale air ever. Essentially billows out of this thing. (laughs) And the top pops open slowly, and you can kind of hear, you recognize the sound that you previously heard in the walls of the Mason family manor, a a sort of chunking noise, like chains in the Mm -hmm. wall moving. And slowly but surely, this panel that was in the floor slides back out of the way, revealing a set of narrow stairs going down. Do you think this goes to the same place as the other place? I don't know. Do you think that we're going to run into vampires? I don't know. Should we close it? Or have we already broken the seal? I could... I could make a magic circle that we could return to as a point of safety if we were to run into dead creatures. That'll buy us a little time if we do, but not that won't last forever. And if this is descending into a place... I mean, listen to that crank. That sounds like what we found in the Mason house. That means there's a maze underneath here. Should we do this when we come back for the vampires? I wish we could just send something down there to check it out. I actually did pick a fourth level spell that would allow me to do that, but I don't think they'd be very appreciative of it. And what is it, like conjure elementals or something? Sulfasize. Well, if I'd brought Skrix with me, I could have had him look ahead, but I thought we might run into too much danger. Maybe we should bring him when we come back. He was very cross that I insisted he stay. I I could. You could what? Conjure something to look. Really? I think so. I haven't tried it before, but I, I believe it would work. Okay, well, she looks at Silpha and looks back at Sable and says, it seems like it's smarter to do that than to just go down there knowing what's below the other crypt. Well, we don't actually know what's below the other crypt, but we suspect, and it's all one big underground, right? So... Eight pixies is probably the best thing for the job. Give me a moment, I say, and I um, kneel down, pull my bag off of my back, and rummage around until I find a bunch of berries that I pull out. I wave my hand over them, say a few words, and snap my fingers. Once they appear immediately into the lantern light, they become immediately visible. In an instant, just above each one of the berries, there is a fluttering pixie. Jalen draws up and steps back. Say, hello, little ones. They look up at you, uh, kind of in unison, and you hear their small voices all say, Yes, mistress, how may we assist you? I wanted to know if you might be willing to go down there and tell us what you find. Your wish is our command. And all eight of them dart down the hole. I think it takes them about ten minutes. They come back after about ten minutes. I need to roll them. How well does their searching go? Yeah, so after about ten minutes, they all sort of flood back in, and they say, there's a uh, catacombs of bone that extends a short distance. It seems that there are lots of words, and that this is where favored servants and cousins are buried, to the royal line. But it is just bones. Was there a tunnel off of it, or is it just a room? It is a tunnel, but it ends abruptly. It's not very big. Sort of the size of this space we're in now, but down. There was nothing moving down there besides you? Absolutely not. Aw, thank you. We'll wait here. 
D do you want, should we take a look? Yeah, let's go take a look. Thank you, little pixie fuckers. They nod, and their faces don't change in a way that's difficult, like kind of, kind of alarming to see. And down you go. So it is a hallway that kind of stretches and turns, forming a kind of art, arch shape. Um, so it's sort of a big U-shaped hallway. And it you just go around it, and on both sides of the wall, there are cubby holes full of bones. Otherwise, it is a dank, dusty space that no one's been in for 80 years. Yep, that's it. There's nothing down here. I'd take a slightly closer look yeah, if we have time. Yeah, I would agree that I would like to in yeah. like purposefully investigate. Since we're here. Roll investigates. 21 for me. 11. Jalen doesn't find shit. <laughs> oh, I, t I totally rolled a one. So Silpha's eyes are having a lot of trouble adjusting. No, 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 no. It's the light. It is distracting me. I'm just like... Yeah, the light. The, the light. She's like, <laughs> I don't need to investigate anything. I just need to look at this. <laughs> Precisely. Touch it. Dink. Dink. <laughs> so Sable, you, you got like a 21. Yep. Early in this year, before it has a turn, chance to really turn. There are a few catacombs that are shallower, uh, where the bones are put in, than the rest of it, and you you suspect that this is a pull away door. Like you can grab it and pull somehow, and it will slide open. Jalen, yep. Is this a false wall? Perhaps a door? Do I need to roll for it, or do do I see it? I mean, now that she points it out, yeah, it's it looks like the cubbies are shallow enough that it. It's probably because this is one piece and it's meant to be pulled out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this one. <laughs> is that that's an investigation roll? Is that what we just said? <laughs> Eleven. Yep, no traps. Alright, I don't think it's rigged. Should uh should we open it? Yeah. Is there a clear way to open it? Like if I just pull on it? Does it look like I just need to pull? As you look around, there really isn't a good place to grip though, so it's clearly meant to be pulled by a strong person. <laughs> So Jessica and Jalen. Jessica, <laughs> we'll go for the. We'll try to open it. Jessica, do you think you could pull this door open? Uh, yeah, it's a door. She says, and you know damn well she did not know it was a door. So, <laughs> does she need to roll strength? She, yeah, actually, I'll have you roll it instead of me. Go ahead and roll her uh, athletics. athletics. Okay. Oh, she got a seven. So, so when she struggles with it, can I try to help her? You can All roll right. your own athletics. 20. So she grabs it and like her fingers just slide off the dust and she sort of snaps her hands closed a couple times trying to pull at it and gets very frustrated and kind of stomps back. I'm going to get her to, I'm going to say, okay, you here, come back and I'll, and I'll help you. And then I'm going to make it seem like she's doing it. Like if, if I, if, if Jalen succeeds, mm -hmm. she's going to try to make it seem like Jessica's doing it. <laughs> Roll deception. That's one of my expertises though. <laughs> Oh, good. 19. Okay, well, beating Jessica only requires like an 11, <laughs> so you give her credit. The door swings open, and she rubs her hands off, and she's like, it's, it's just really dusty, but seems pretty pleased with the teamwork. It swings open, and Sable, your survival skill is sufficient to know this, this runs directly under the mason crypt, and it's a tunnel that points immediately towards it, and you can see in the lantern light about 30 feet away or so, uh, a backside of another door. 
This is going to go directly under the Mason crypt. Okay, so I say we close this right the fuck now and not go down there. And we will leave it there. Don't forget to rate and review us. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes and Juliet Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. You can find them both on Facebook. Also, don't forget to recommend us to your friends. We would like more digital friends. Will our heroes finally stop flirting with this dungeon and go inside? Will they ever take the long rest they so desperately need? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Because they're covered in thorns. Yeah, because they're covered in thorns. But you could probably get two thorn-covered hooky sticks <laughs> and and handle both sticks yourself. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to hooky stick it then. <laughs> um. <laughs> Before we make any decisions about you, Guire, we've got to play this game. <laughs> we gotta go. You go over there and play cards. i got to play hooky first. needle blights hurl needles up at you but that you are too high <laughs> they can try to hurl at and me and then all of a she breaks into can't touch this meow 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 can't touch this <laughs>